myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello, and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is comedian and fellow podcaster, Michael Pasfar. Michael Pasfar is a local comic here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, a regular here on the scene. We also talk about his podcast, Back in the Day-Day, where he talks with people about the greatest moments of their lives, which is always back in the day. In this episode, we talk about podcasting, parenting, work life, and then we get into his fear of not doing a good enough job, where he needs constant reassurance that people liked his work. It's a real interesting fear, something I can totally relate to after some traumatic events in my work life, which we get into in this interview. So let's get into this interview with Michael Pasfar. We're here with my friend, comedian, and fellow podcaster, Michael Pasfar. His podcast is called Back in the Day, which he recently released season one, is probably getting started on season two here shortly. Also a juicy jogger, if I remember correctly. He may, yes, be, more, may be more juicy than jogging at this point with this winter weather. <laughs> yeah, man. it's it. We're staying in and eating right now. No jogging. I gave my air fryer a workout while we were in the freeze. Like, I, I ate so poorly. I was like, oh, Tyson Nuggets. Let's see how this works in an air fryer. Dude, I will go through these phases where I will just crush anything I can. And it's just disgusting. I don't even know how my wife looks at me. <laughs> I do the same thing. Like, <laughs> it's like I get so lazy. Like I'll go home. It's getting late. And I'm like, I don't want to cook. So I'll stop at fast food and get fast food late at night. And I'm just like, this is going to, this is going to, to be such a horrible ordeal the rest of the night. Cause it's, it's always spicy. Like I am I'm at an age now yeah. where, where spicy is now really, it's really pushing the limits of your, of what your body can take anymore. Do you do the thing where at the end of like a late show on the way home, like eat some random fast food on the way home? If I can, yes. Like there are nights where I'll do that. Other nights I'll try to go to Delot or, or like Velvet Taco or something like that if they're open. Man, I do that sometimes, and like, I don't know what's worse—the f- way I feel the next morning or the smell that my car has. I get just it's like I don't know why, but those those late night eating in my car on the way home from a gig is like the worst smell the next day. What kind of car do you have? I have an F one fifty. Okay, I was gonna say I have a Nissan Altima, and I was like it. It literally holds an odor like fast food like the next day. Like if I have Chick-fil-A in that car, like if I get Chick-fil-A drive through the next morning, I'll come out to my car and it smells like Chick-fil-A drive through. Like it's oh, it smells like it's right there. And I'm like, this is I have to like leave the windows down. Like what's going on in here? I don't remember yeah. cars doing this. Yeah, I do not want this function. Well, I'm glad that you you and your family were able to get through the freeze with little to no, I guess, issues. That's real beneficial. I'm sure that that because that was nervous for me. Like I had I had a, a a second blanket in the dryer. So if I lost power the minute it came on, I would <laughs> run the dryer and turn that blanket on. Turn so it get warm. And I had. Yeah, we were. Tr- we were trying to follow all like the guidelines from like the energy company. They're like, Hey, stay at 64 degrees with your heater. And so it was cold in our house, but I, I can't imagine people. So we were at 64 degrees and we were freezing. I can't imagine how people felt that where it was 25, 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they functioned. They probably didn't. They just, they just like huddled under a blanket. Cause I don't know if I have enough blankets for 38 degrees. No, not at all. There's not enough blankets in the world for that. Just to be sit idly 
Yeah. In 38 degree weather. Nothing on TV. Like all you have are books and candles. Yeah. (laughs) You you have no power whatsoever. No. But the funny thing though, that I, that I thought about that is I noticed like how many people were capable to get on Facebook to complain about not having power. Oh yeah. It's like, hey man, I don't have a, I don't have much time with this electricity, but the little time that I have electricity, make sure I tweet about it six times. <laughs> I don't. I'm not cooking a meal. I'm I'm getting on Facebook yeah. here to, <laughs> yeah. to vent to ERCOT about my situation. Yeah, I need to delay. I need to debate with my uh, high school geometry teacher if it's the Republicans or the Democrats' fault. I need to I need to to post on my right wing uncle's Facebook about how it wasn't green energy that caused us. It was the nuclear power plants freezing. <laughs> not not the way. Yeah. Can we just agree that everything froze? It wasn't just turbines, generators. Everything froze. Yeah, it, it was an interesting way to like, let's politicize every single thing. So. You recently just did finish your season, first season of your podcast. How how did how did that feel like becoming turning from comedian to podcaster for you? Man, I really enjoyed it. Like it was a lot of fun just to interview different people. Um, I like I like hearing people's stories. I'm a, I really like telling stories. Like right, like I like to tell stories from my past and stuff like that. So. I really enjoyed hearing a bunch of different people's stories of stories that I'd never heard from. Right. So it was, it was a lot, man. I really, really, really enjoyed it. That, cause it's such a fun concept. It's basically the back in the day day. So it was, it's basically tales from when we were all younger, when yeah, our glory days, since we've clearly peaked, yeah. <laughs> clearly peaked at some yeah, point. So I, <laughs> I talked to people just kind of about like kind of how they became the person they are today. And then I have, and you know, we talk about like them growing up, the different ways that they grew up and then I have them tell me a story from their past. And so each season I have a different theme. So season one was people telling me their favorite or greatest athletic achievement. And so it could have been a story from, you know, maybe they were a high school state champion, right? It could have been something like that cool. Or it could have been something as lame as I got a strikeout when I was in third grade, right? And like, we just dissect that story and dive into it and talk about, like I had one, we had one person that didn't even have an athletic story. So they told us that they, they stole when they were like 14 or something, their friend stole a PlayStation from Blockbuster and they had to outrun the Blockbuster manager like for like two miles. And that was their greatest athletic achievement. Also probably their, so. le- their great, also just greatest illegal achievement as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Can't, I can't imagine yeah. just, that would have been, it still would have been a great story if they were caught. Like if, even if the blockbuster manager yeah. did catch them, like I feel like that'd still be an athletic achievement to, like how far did you well, get? Was, 20 yards? No, it's funny yeah, he goes, he goes, it was miles, man. I mean, we ran, it was a long way that we ran. And I, and I was like, the funny thing to me about it is that, I don't know if you remember those, remember they came in those like glass, those like plastic briefcases? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so like they came with this massive like security briefcases. So it was in that briefcase still. So I don't even know if the kid even was able to ever unlock it. Because um, I'm sure he doesn't have the tools to unlock that thing. No, that that would have been amazing. They probably people thought there was probably a movie since nobody offered to even try to help stop. Yeah, the kid. <laughs> I think there's a comedian Kirk Fox who has a bit about that. Like it's like he was like trying to be a police officer. Can you chase him for four miles? No, he's like after mile one. If you're still ahead of me, you deserve to be free. <laughs> Dude, I used to work the door at hyenas dallas when it was first open mm-hmm. and every now and then you would have people that would try to walk the tab or whatever and i remember one, you know how that if you go certain ways in that that parking lot across from the dart rail yeah it's really dark over there right you know what i mean oh, yeah. and it's 10 30 at night and i remember the manager at the time one day was like you gotta chase them if they make it all the way to that thing and i was like i mean 
can I just pay the tab? <laughs> you know, like, like, I'm like, can, I, can, I, can I personally pay the tab? Because I, I mean, I'm not chasing someone across a train station. I feel like somebody was trying to going to try to rob me at some point from on that side one time because they're real suspicious. Like they would only walk. They were ahead of me. Then they stopped until I was ahead of them. Then they started walking again. And luckily really? I, I was parked close by. So as soon as I got to my car, like I keyless entry and got in and like he just, then he walked and then he started walking back the other way. Like it, like he, like he had no reason. Oh, I, I forgot I didn't drive today. So then he walked back to the bus station and I was like, yeah, you were just hoping that I was just a little bit further in so that you could, you could like hold. Yeah. yeah. Dude, there was one, one weekend that I worked there. Um, and I don't remember who it was a female that was featuring. She's in LA now. She was a Dallas comic for a while. Uh, Christina, maybe oh, Lopez. Christina Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they broke into her. They 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 shattered her window and stole her GPS. Someone did off of that, and we had to help her like clean it up and stuff. Wow, I was like, that's terrifying. Well, only only if you were that bad with directions, like they just know that you can't drive yeah. anywhere now. <laughs> or just think think the difference of like. 10 years ago, someone taking a GPS. Now, now if you like saw a GPS in someone's car, you're like, Hey, I feel bad for you. Man, you still have a GPS. You can keep that. That's just, that's somebody that's old and just doesn't want to use their phone. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'm sure. like that too, though. I mean, some of these like iPhone directions and it's like, can you not talk an- anymore? Can you just kind of tell me, can you just give me the bra? Can we just choose what kind of directions I need? Can I just, can there be just a, just broad as possible directions? Like, here's the <laughs> overview of where you're going to go instead of every two seconds just inter- interrupting my song to tell me I'm just a half a mile closer. Can we? You're going to merge in a little bit. Hey, the merge is going to happen. Yeah. Like, can you just, is there not something you could just pop up on your phone that says, done it and, let them know that you're already in the lane you need to be and you're turning left. Yeah, for sure, man. So you, what is, have you started season two recording yet or is that? Not yet. I'm trying to figure out when we'll start recording. It's probably going to be here in the next month or so. And hopefully season two will be out uh, springtime. Yeah. I've, I had taken a hiatus because I had up to like upwards of 30 recordings. And I'm like, well, I don't want to keep taking people on and telling them, well, it's probably gonna be like six or eight months before your podcast (laughs) airs. And so, well, that's kind of, go ahead. I was just like, let me just give them like a six or seven week timetable. Let me get down to like five or six weeks. So, and so I just kind of steadily just pumped them out. Dude, that's kind of how mine. So I'm I I release mine um, every other week, mm-hmm. and but I, what I did was I recorded all of them in like a four or five week span. Yeah. So I had all of them done by October, mm-hmm. something like mid October, and my last episode released February first. So that one that I re- I released February first, I recorded like mid October. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. It was interesting to go back and just see the dated references we were t- <laughs> we were discussing at that point. Like, man, it's a hundred degrees. This pandemic is just never gonna gonna end. And <laughs> so we've got all this stuff that's passed, and yeah. But that's that's good. I'm glad that you're you've gotten all the way through a season. I like to just keep mine just going constant, just a constant flow because I'm always afraid. Like if I do a season. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna end up putting it on the back burner, and I don't want to do it because yeah. it is kind of fun. It's a different. It's not comedy per se for me. It's just it's a different conversation, getting to know people that I about things about them that I never would have thought I would know. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely fun, man. It's definitely fun just to have that conversation. And like I I think that's cool. So you're doing it. Yours comes out weekly, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a grind. Yeah, I've just ne- we're next week will be my six month. I've done it every week for six months, and so sweet dude, congratulations. Thank you. It'll be tra- It'll be your producer, Travis Wright. Will be my oh man. His is fear of severe weather, which is really- oh he just had to deal with it last week, right? Yeah, but he, it's like the thunderstorms. Like he will he will message me now. Like every time, like we have like one of those thunderstorm, like Pete Delkis red radar things coming through. He's like, and then the anxiety hits because apparently he was in. Like, he doesn't know if it was a tornado or if it was one of those microbursts, but it ruined his house. And because, oh, yeah. because it, like, the HOA wouldn't help pay for it and everything, and it was a big ordeal. Like, he, every time now he's afraid of that experience. Dude, people that are scared of those type of storms, they, they, it's, it's a legit fear. Um, I work in Las Colinas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the first, the first month that I worked for this company, this was like nine years ago, mm-hmm. we had a tornado. There's a tornado that hit Irving. Okay. And so we had to kind of go down because we're on the third floor. So we went down to the first floor, which is actually kind of a basement, the way our buildings works. Yeah. And so we were down there and there was these two people that are ter- both terrified of storms. I've never seen it. I've never seen an adult <laughs> hyperventilate like that. Yeah. I remember that because I also, I live and work in Las Galinas. Well, for the time being, State Farm had a building, or my work had a building over here off of Regent and Beltline, by the, by the okay. Starbucks and Jimmy John's, and so we were in there, and I went home for lunch, because I live at MacArthur and 114, so I could literally, I can literally, at, at times, I would drive home, eat lunch, then get in my car and drive back, well, it was the weather, and I'm like, well, let me go back. If the tornado sirens had just, like, a half hour sooner... I could have just parked my car like underneath my protective things here and not got hail damage or anything. I could have just left it because <laughs> it's that's basically what happened. Is I went back to work. We don't have covered parking. All of a sudden, the tornado sirens went off, and my car got hail damage galore. That must have been probably the same storm. Yeah, because uh, I'm at MacArthur and Walnut Hill is where my office is. So. Oh, so you're kind right. of in that. You're in the same building, but that's close to where I live. Like I literally live like at the ta- like where the Taco Bell and the Cool River Cafe, like in those apartment, that big cold yeah, yeah. of apartments. I know where you're talking about. I won't say the name of it. That's what I do is I find people apartments for a living. Yeah. So I know exactly which apartment you live at. Yeah. Well, that sounds very stalkerish. But I was telling someone a story that what I'll do sometimes with some of my friends on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like when they like bring someone that we don't know around, I'll have a conversation with them and I'll ask them like real in-depth questions about where they live. And you can, and I'll do it on purpose. So like you can see them starting to get a little like uncomfortable, you know, and like one of my friends, I've done it to like three or four different girls that he's dated. And he'll finally be like, just tell them what you do for a living. Like stop, like <laughs> stop asking them these detailed questions about where they live when you've known them for 35 seconds. So is it a circle drive or? <laughs> That's the building with the stucco, right? Y'all overlook kind of this thing. But yeah, we had somebody in the weather here fall through the ice because there, there's a park and some lady was trying to take pictures and they fell. she fell on the ice like on Thursday. Like, why is it starting to melt? Because people were walking out yeah. on the water and I'm like, you guys are insane. I was like, I would yeah. not even dare no it has not been that cold cold long enough for that to for you to walk out on ponds some people have because they like there were some people that drew penises in the snow on top of the ice (laughs) in the in the pond that i took pictures of on facebook i thought was hilarious it's like well that's worth risking your life for yeah (laughs) for that prank yeah, just to just to do that because no one's gonna go out there and try to scrub it away. Yeah, that's hilarious, man. And so your fear, since we do, I do a podcast about fears, is very interesting. You have a fear of people not appreciating the work you do. Like you, you constantly feel insecure about things you do, and that you need people to reassure you. Yes. I don't know if it's like an acceptance thing or a reassurance, but yeah. 
dude, I have to like, it's, it, it's, it's over stupid things too. And it's not logical. Something will go completely well. And I'll, I, I if you send me a text okay. and you're like, Hey man, thanks for inviting us out. I had a really good time. I'll be like, Oh, no problem. But did you have a good time? And <laughs> you're like, I, I just told you I had a good time. I mean, I know you said you had a good time, but really, really, just let me know. If you didn't have a good time, you know, I can understand. I underst- I'll understand. I'll do better. Which has got to, because you said you work for apartment service and stuff like that. So you work for apartment locators. That's yeah. got to, that's, that's got to come from that somewhere is that people is as a job of locating apartments. Is that what you do or? Yeah, so I, I do the sales aspect of it, like partly, but I run our sales development department. Mm-hmm. So a very small portion of my day is still the sales aspect of it, where I help mm-hmm. people out and find an apartment. But the majority of it is me coaching agents and yeah. stuff like that. I just wonder if it's just, just that face-to-face interaction, just you wanting to make sure that we're on the same page and that you're not you're not getting your hopes up for something. That, that you're not you're you're like too excited about the work you do like you just want to make sure okay i we're on the same page like yeah. does, does it follow you at home too like do you ask your wife if you do a good oh job? yeah <laughs> it's a it's a constant it's an issue man like i'll be like get her a gift or something and she'll say thanks so much for this and it's like six hours later i'm like you like that shirt right but yeah yeah i told you i liked the shirt you know <laughs> I don't know what else it is that you want me to tell you. Or even she'll compliment me. Like I'll come out of the living room, like about to like go somewhere. She's like, I like, I like that jacket. It looks really good on you. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And like, before I'm about to leave her back, this jacket, it looks good. She's like, yeah, I told you that unprompted. Like you didn't even have to ask me. I like the jacket. It looks good on you. You're going to be so fun when your daughter's old enough to date and you're asking her dates. If you like, <laughs> you, you like me, right? You think I'm a cool dad, right? I'm cool, right? Like, <laughs> Just after the you were cool though, right? You're the needy one in the relationship. Yeah. It's like I can't date you anymore. Why? Your dad really creeps me out. I don't have enough in me to make your dad feel good about himself. Your dad asked me very specific questions about where we lived and then asked me if he did a good job. He's like, I picked that out, right? I picked out the right apartment. I can't imagine being an apartment locator either, though. That seems like such a, such a, well, I guess, I don't know if it's as bad as real estate, where it's like, we have a budget of this, but we want these amenities. Oh, that's what it is, 100%. So it's even to the certain extent more, because now, man, like, apartment rent is just as expensive as a mortgage. So you'll hear, so people, a lot of times people are not wanting to buy a house because they're trying to save money. And then you have to break it to them and be like, yeah, you're not actually going to save any money. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're getting like, you know, unless you're going from like a three bedroom house to a one bedroom apartment. But if you go to a three bedroom apartment to a, or a three bedroom house to a three bedroom apartment, there's not much difference in that monthly amount. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people that are very shocked to hear how much they're going to have to spend. Oh, yeah. And especially now with like public transportation amenities and things like that. When I first moved into this place 10 years ago, my rent was five fifty a month for a one bedroom. Yeah. And after the dart rail moved in, I think we went up six twenty five the next year, then six I think I did seven hundred and then then it went to 840 at some point because the dart rail finished and now I can I can literally walk a couple blocks from my apartment, catch the dart rail at North Lake, and go to the airport if I needed to. Yeah, that's nice. Because I live right by the orange line, and so that is our super amenity. Then you've got the Alamo Draft House that they've built over in the Lake Carolyn area. Yeah. Apartments are... They're, they've the prices have gone up like crazy, man. Like you can barely find something for under a thousand dollars nowadays. It's taken me keen negotiating skills of somebody that worked as a rental property person to say that you can go in there and ask them if they can meet you halfway in between what they're hiking your price up to be and 
what they're offering and it still may or may not happen, but a lot of times they'll meet in the middle with you. Yeah. They'll negotiate with their residents, but they don't negotiate with new yeah. people. Like that's not like, you know, there's no, I mean, there might be, maybe you can get like a half app, half off your application fee or something like that, but they're not Yeah, that rent, man. It's still clad. Yeah. I'm, I lived here 10 years now. It's, I've, it's it's not the nicest apartment, but it, it's nice for what I do, and it's quiet, and it's kind of out of the way. Yeah. Well, and you're just in the middle. You're in the middle of the metroplex, so you can get anywhere, which is nice. Yeah, I was thinking about possibly getting a house somewhere around here, even as we get into old man talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I like, I just like living here. I like the area. I know my way around. I know where everything is. I know the store. I know which grocery stores and everything else. Every, everything about my routine here is kind of set. And so I'm like, well, if I just move into the Valley Ranch area with a house, you're, yeah. you're still, you're still basically in the same area. You're just probably tightening that circle even a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. So have people tried to help you like be more comfortable with the work you do so that you don't have to ask like does your boss at work because i feel like your boss at some point would be like mike like he would put his hand on his shoulder like michael it's okay you're doing good my bosses don't see that side of me um which is funny but the people that work underneath me maybe they see it Mm -hmm. but they don't they've never said anything to me about it but I'll have like, cause I, I run a lot of meetings. Like I've been on zoom nonstop since April and I run a lot of meetings. And so I have to come up with different ideas for meetings all the time. And I'll like call up my uh, people that run that department with me. I was like, that meeting, that was a good meeting. What did you think about that meeting? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we love that meeting. And then like 30 minutes later, but that it wasn't too much. Was it? Is that cool? So I'm sure they're ready to rip my head off. Is that cool? <laughs> that you know? sounds like an old man. That was young and hip, right? Yeah, that young, was young that's what the kids like cool, these right? days. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's a weird thing that happens when you're at a company. I've, I've been there for nine years now, and when I started working there, I was the second youngest person. Mm-hmm. So there's still a good amount of people that are older than me, but I'm slowly becoming one of the older people. Like we've hired all these new people that are were the age that I was when I started. Mm-hmm. So like mid early mid 20s and i feel so old they'll say things to me and i'm like i don't know what that means i'm sorry you're going to have to explain to me the words you just told me because those have a different meaning than what i think you're saying like they'll send me an email and they'll put some acronym and i have to google the acronym because i have no idea what they just said to me why you or wyd like what you doing yeah (laughs) what you doing or I got like a TYSM one time and I was like, what the heck does that mean? So I Googled it and I was like, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense, but just type it out kids. Well, I, or at least just have some, some reference point. There's another comic named Jonathan Jones. I don't know if you know JJ, do you know Jonathan kind of looks, uh, yeah, I think I've... he has a very interesting, he, what he does is he is a, he wrote a paper on, this being the first time that three generations all work together. So it's like having a generation X or a, a, a baby boomer boss, generation X millennials all in the and generation Y all in the same workplace, like how to, how, how that all works. And so companies pay him to come out and speak about that. Oh, really? Yeah. It's that's really interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm like, I'm like, it's got to be hard because there are older, old people like myself and, you know, the old workhorses, you know, they're all production based. You would just show us, oh, I'm doing good. Okay. There's my numbers. I'm doing well. Cool. Now it's like, you have to, so what are your plans for this career? Like you, you have to give them, you have to have goals and all these different emotional like things that. Oh yeah, dude. You have to have like goals and st- strategy for the year of how you're going to improve and tell the story of how you're just work hard. That's, that's my story. Yeah. I come in. I, I play that game all the time, man. I, I, uh, 
I that's actually the series that I just did this past month where it was, you know, because uh, I'll do like different stuff where I switch it up to where my meetings are. Sometimes they're based off of like, this is how you need to do the job. And then other times they're like more motivational. So the series that I just did of meetings was tell me your goals of life, not necessarily goals at the job, but what is it that you're trying to experience? What do you want to buy? You want some debt you want to pay off? Tell me about that debt. How much money do you need to, how much money do you need to make? Okay, cool. This is how much sales you need to get in order to do that. So that needs to be your goal. Yeah, it's very. How much have you lost in gambling? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How much is that alimony check you're paying off? (laughs) Yes. Where is that place that your kid is begging you to go to? That's got to make your fear even worse because it's almost everything you do now is going to be so tailored to each individual employee versus like you have your department goals, but then you have to tailor each goal to each specific person and then kind of deep dive with your boss. I would think each person and what they're going to do because then that just that's got to make that that nervousness like, oh. Did I say that right for him? My am, am yeah. I representing him correctly? Did he did he or she mean for me to you know say that, or was that another person I'm thinking of? Like you have to be as a manager, I would think so. Like almost like you'd almost have to study your employees. In a way, you do. I mean, it's you have to definitely know what motivates one person than does the other. Like some people, they need that strict like. Show me how to do every single thing. And then there's other people that it's like, if you were to manage them that way, they shut down yeah. and they don't work hard. If that happens, like it, it is like learning. That's all managing is, is learning people's personalities and make and managing their personalities. is yeah. basically most of it. But that's such a switch from when we first started. Cause it was, ba- we were basically production. Like you just produced and you were the best at your job. You know, you just tried to be the best at your position. It was almost like yeah. band. You were like first chair. I was trying to be, you were trying to be first chair, but if you were second chair, okay, this is what I need to do to be first chair. And then you would just slowly try to to be the best. And now it's like, now you don't need to be the best. You need to figure out where you want to move next after this. Where if the, if sales isn't your ultimate goal, what can we do to to get you to where you want to be in the company? And it's. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even think about that. I just, you know, I've never even thought like another job opening at my job would at any point. I'm just like, I'm just trying to make sure I don't get fired from this job before I even start (laughs) thinking about applying for a different position. But I also have had traumatic instances. So I kind of know where you're coming from because I was fired from a job where I thought I was doing every, I was the best at my job, which I was, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, I'm indispensable. I'm so good at this job that, you know, they all come to me for questions and stuff. Like, I'm the knowledge point for this whole operation. I can't afford to be let go. And they let me go, and it was it was traumatic. So it, I get, and now I feel like any time, like, if there's n- some no reassurance or something, like, am I doing something wrong? Or Yeah, for sure, man. Or you have that weird interaction that you almost, you had it. And then you kind it kind of went sideways where maybe it, you felt it like you could have done something different, and so you just sit there and think, "What could I have said differently with that person that maybe wouldn't have made them so angry, or they would not hung up on me?" Well, well, dude, we, you and I are both in an industry in in comedy where we get instantly told what we are doing is a good job mm-hmm. by if they laugh or not, right? So, like, if that's that's what we're doing every you know five six times a week or whatever so in our other parts of our life of course we want to be told we're doing a good job yeah. you know what i mean like of course yeah. you know so yeah. like if i'm not told and and even for me i grew up doing theater from the time i was like nine ten years old that's what i studied in college so i'm you know i'm used to like immediately getting someone to say like that was great yeah. here's an applause right bouquet um you're running a yeah, zoom meeting you, know? you get a bouquet thrown from your zoom meeting <laughs> yeah you know no one's giving me a standing ovation what's going on here where's the curtain call you know like yeah conversely when you're a comic when you're sending out emails to to get book 
you don't you get no gratification you get nothing you just get you just get stuck on left on red and then just, oh all the time right hey if you just if you need anybody i'm i got i got 15 i can do merry christmas happy easter <laughs> just next line happy valentine's day just following up again to see you guys need anybody just following up again to let you know i'm still out here yeah. Put me in coach. I'm still doing coach. I'm still sitting on the bench waiting for you to give me the opportunity. That's awesome. But yeah, like has it have you felt like it's gotten any better? Like I, I feel like maybe when you were younger, maybe that there was some sort of maybe it's just doing something that's not a theater or, you know, su- such a role where it kind of is a in and there's always that fear of losing your job especially if you started and people around you that you started with are gone and you're looking around you're like one of the last men standing in your job yeah i don't know man like i don't really ever have fear at work that i don't know it's a weird thing where it's like i'm pretty it's the most irrational fear there is because i'm confident most of the things that i'm getting reassurance for i'm confident that it went well But at the same time, like, I need to, like, hear it a few times. I don't know what it is, dude. I I love your honesty that it has to be a few times. Once is not enough. Like, wait. Yeah. Okay, that's one. Hold on. So it's, like, almost like OCD. Like, you have to hear it three times, and then it's good. Yeah, for sure. It's weird, man. Definitely uh, an issue. That's for sure. So ha- have you tried anything to, to – have you tried not asking? Have you tried to just try to just let it be and just see if you can – I do it a lot, yeah. There are times where I am making myself not ask a second or third time when like – like, a lot of times with my wife, my wife will pick up on it and she's like, you want to ask me really bad, don't you, right now? If I, like, you know, like or whatever. You're like, so wedding. You know? by you know like crumbling my fingers up and just like don't do it you know or whatever it's 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 a weird thing man for sure especially like as your kids get older and you're gonna you know you're gonna do stuff with them and you're gonna be wanting to know if they had fun (laughs) taking them so you're telling me you like disneyland are you sure you like disneyland i know you said you wanted to go to disney world for vacation we're here but (laughs) did you have a good time Mickey Mouse is cool, right? I don't know if Mickey Mouse is cool at those places. I I feel so bad for those people in those costumes. Oh, yeah. It is. We went to Disneyland. We've been a few times with our kids. And so one day I wanted to, because I have a theater degree and I have a lot of regret in getting that. And um, so I was, while I was there, I was like, taking pictures of people working at Disneyland and I was just hashtagging it things you can do with a theater degree. Like, it's like, you know, like, like there's nothing you can really do except for be Mickey Mouse or whatever. I feel so terrible for those people. Yeah. And imagine at some point that job is going to require a theater degree. Like it, it, yeah. may, it, <laughs> it may not be just off the street. Like it may require you to have a theater degree. Yeah. If you went to school for four years, you have $80,000 of debt to be have kids pull on your thing, your uh, costume all day, every day. Yeah. Pull on your costume, take pictures, like sweltering heat and humidity of Florida. Does being in Florida Dude. have an 80 to 100% humidity, 90 degree weather? When, when I was in college, I worked at Six Flags. Mm-hmm. I did the... Uh, comedy gunfight shows have you ever been to six flags yeah okay so you know how they have that that little like courthouse outside area yeah we did shows there have you ever seen those like i saw them when i went and like when i was like a sophomore in high school like they had like the country western shootout like and then yes so i did that for two summers we did six shows a day and they're all outside but the shows were fun right i mean that's what i like doing i like to perform but in between the shows, they would make two of us stand outside at all times on the street of Six Flags and interact with the guest. And all day, people would just come and take pictures with you. 
what do you want a picture of me? Like, you know, what do you, why do you want a picture of this random? Because it wasn't like I was playing like John Wayne or something. Like I wasn't like playing like a stock character. I was just random guy in a cowboy outfit. Random cowboy <laughs> dude. Me and random yeah. cowboy dude. And we used to make this joke was like, we're going to come. We're going to be at a dinner party like 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see like our picture in like some families picture frame case or whatever of their trip to six flags. And so a few years ago, my sister is at some friend's house that she just met and she looks on their thing and, and there I am. And there's people's <laughs> and there's random people's picture that they you know, like, and she goes, Oh my God, that's my brother. <laughs> like why do you have this picture from six flags in your house? Everything about you is suspicious. Like you have picture, random pictures <laughs> with people ask them where they live. <laughs> oh, did I do a great job? You okay? You like <laughs> I this? Do a great job in this picture. Thank you for doing this, Michael. This is really great. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at hehemikep mm-hmm. and on Facebook at backslash Michael Passwar. Also, your podcast is back in the day day. Yes, sir. Back in the day day. Um, we have 10 episodes out so far. That was season one that wrapped, um, February 1st. We've got a lot of cool guests on there. Um, uh, different comedians, some musicians, uh, Ben Rogers from the Ben and Skin show. Um, a lot of cool guests on that first season. The second season should be hopefully even bigger. So I hope you guys will check it out for sure. Definitely will. Also, you're are you going to be a juicy jogger again this year or is that is that season also wrapped (laughs) it's not over man we're still (laughs) out there running dude covid runned it for me man i got up to uh we were supposed to run the dallas marathon is what we were doing we were training Mm -hmm. for the for the dallas marathon we started in may and covid canceled it and so we had we were trying to figure out options of where we could just go run ourselves but we started kind of looking at it and it's like t- running 26 miles that where there's not streets shut down for you is it gets real dangerous real quick. Uh, the most I ran was 20 miles. That was a, that was a interesting day, dude. That was, <laughs> that was a, a long day. I want to know how you map that out. Cause I would feel like you want to map that to where when you're getting around 18, 19, 20, that you're really close to home so that like you can, <laughs> when you bow out, you can be like, okay, just limp it, just make it just a little bit further to the house. Cause you don't want to yeah, be, <laughs> you don't want to be 20 miles out from the house. This is, uh, this is what I did. I'm not on the 20 mile run. The 20 mile one I finished maybe about a quarter of a mile from the house. So that was perfect. But I had this one day where I had to run like maybe 14 miles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is August, September. This is as hot as I'll get out. I'm, I'm leaving at five o'clock in the morning so that it's still cool outside. Right. And I messed up the mapping. And when I finished, I was a good two and a half miles away from my house. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like i'm like texting my friends about it and one of my friends like just uber home i was like first of all i'm not getting an uber drenched in sweat that's really rude yeah second of all i live in the far far burbs yeah you know, at the time an uber comes out here at 7 30 in the morning i could have already made it home so i ended up walking those two and a half miles it was so miserable yeah, but I, it's probably better than taking a ride and cramping up in the car <laughs> just all of a sudden. Because I would just think not moving after that much movement is when everything starts to cramp up. Is I feel like you have oh, to have yeah. some kind of cool down otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably better you just slowly like made your way back. Just There were days, man, where I was just, my body was just shuffling when I would get home because of my everything would cramp up my hip like locked up one time i was having to run like 10 miles and i'm like mile eight my like hip locked up and i couldn't move mm-hmm. but i was still two miles from my house so i was like i'm finishing either way i, yeah. <laughs> I gotta get home so yeah, yeah. they had a picture fun. 
on the Tour de France, like one of the Tour de France, like one of those stages after the stages, like he was in his hotel room and his legs were just knots of just cramped up from just from just trying to wind down from that day's activities. Like I was like, oh. that had to be so painful just to to do that for all day and then get off the bike and literally just seize up. Yeah. And then try to sleep. Oh, no. by the way, try to sleep, get up at five in the morning. We're going to do this again. Yeah. I can't imagine like just my little pathetic running that I was doing while I was going a far distance. It wasn't for any type of speed and my body was so dead. I can't imagine people that are actually real athletes doing real stuff because it felt like for me, when I would make those long runs, I was sick the rest of the day. I felt hungover. I could never get hydrated. It didn't matter how much water I would drink. I could never feel better. So for the entire day, I was like dead. So I wonder if it's like they say where it's like you're cleansing, like all that, all of a sudden that your body just releases any talk to- and all toxins. And that's why you feel so sick is that it's like your body's in full, like just let it let go of everything, you know, and let's yeah. go of toxins. And all of a sudden you're just have all these toxins just passing through your body. I don't know, man. It was a, it, I, I think my, I was just dehydrated like crazy. Finally, my wife bought me these like pouches that I would like liquid IV or something is what it was called. Mm-hmm. So I'd drink that the night before and then I'd drink it immediately after. And that finally made me not be, I mean, it was, I mean, dude, it felt like I, I was hungover, sick, stomach pains, cramp. It was, uh, I was like, why am I doing this? I'm not even losing weight. Yeah. <laughs> what is the point of this? Where's the benefit? Yeah, what am I doing to myself? I don't know if you've seen it. You watch Sebastian Maniscalco on Netflix at all? I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one. Did you see the one where he had the blue jacket where he's talking about being at the gym and running on the treadmill? Yeah. And the guy had like a backpack of water. He's on the treadmill. That's, oh, man. That's how I picture you. It's just the... But I would never go. I would never run on a treadmill that to that distance. Like I would walk on a treadmill, but I'll never run. At one, I tried to jog on a treadmill one time, and it my knees felt so bad afterwards. Like it was, it felt like I had just like jumped up and down on concrete for like four hours straight. Like it just didn't feel right. Yeah. It just got too much give. So it, I feel like it gives under your feet at the same time. Your you know your knees are also trying to shoulder weight and so it doesn't feel stable it has that little bit of give so you have this little wiggle yeah it's definitely a- well thank you for doing this mike look forward to seeing you out either jogging or at comedy of course man you did a good job thanks for having me on you did a good job thanks <laughs> but you enjoyed me as a guest right yes i did <laughs> thank you mike So that was Michael Passfar. It's a very interesting fear to need constant reassurance. It's almost an insecurity if you think about it. Like it just doesn't feel like you're ever good enough. I wonder what that really stems from. Like he, it's always just been there. Do you, it could be just maybe just something that parents, you know, inadvertently instilled in maybe you know some criticism or something like that because I can think of that too where you've been criticized for your work so much that you no longer have the ability to really judge your work and so you're always questioning whether the work was good or not it was a great conversation I enjoyed it I hope you guys had a great weekend I had a great time at Hyenas on Saturday did some new jokes that was always fun. Sold a couple of t-shirts. My next ones will be at Hyenas in Dallas here in, in the next week or so. As well as Hyenas Fort Worth April 15th. So check those out. I've also got shows in May at the Addison Improv. So you know, stand by for more shows coming. Also, I got more interviews on the way, including a long two-and-a-half-hour interview I've got coming up here in the next couple of weeks. It's been a great time so far. Um, it's great weather. I've been 
kind of getting my gardening game back in in style. My porch has kind of been redone. And, you know, still pursuing comedy, as as it seems. I'm going to try to get more shows in more locations this month, and we'll go from there. If you like what you hear, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever they accept reviews. Please just leave some if you like what you hear. If you want to give me some feedback, you can email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll take your emails there. And thanks for listening. Have a great week. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O, like water. You can also follow him on Facebook. Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback. If on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can... Check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening.